1: Alright, well welcome back to another edition of Winning Ponies I am so glad you are all here to spend this time with me If not, it would just be me in a studio, staring at a window, talking to myself So thanks for joining me, for sure uh, Good show, as always, uh, on, on the venue for you Um First guest, he's a first-time starter, though I've known him for over 25 years, Kent Kirchner. Uh, This guy, well, he's done it all. When I met him, he was the executive director of the Pennsylvania Racing Commission, and we were uh, just trying to get simulcasting through, and uh, they beat us to the punch, and so he kind of guided my organizations through uh, the steps they need to do to get that done at the executive level. But uh, since then... Uh, he spent many years, almost a decade with the Breeders' Cup and, uh, Ken's, he, he oversaw all domestic and international wagering and simulcast operations. Uh, he, uh, created the first international common, common wagering pool with, uh, France. Um, he kind of helped developed the modern bet menu with exotic wagering in every race, guaranteed pools, uncoupled entries. I mean, he was right there on the cutting edge of a lot of innovation in uh, doing what we like to do as often as possible and as the bankroll will let us, and that is wager on the speed of a steed and sometimes exactas, trifectas, superfectas. And for those of you that like to play in contests, Ken is working now with Kentucky Downs uh, and and helping them form not only their contest, but just handling the whole wagering menu, everything he's been, uh, you know, uh, doing professionally for the better part of his adult life. So uh, we will uh, talk to the uh, Kentucky Downs Director of Wagering Development, how's that for a title, but you'll, uh, you'll enjoy Ken, he's a regular guy, and another guy is a regular guy, none other than G.D. Hieronymus, what a wonderful name, I love that, and uh, for so many years we had him on talking about his uh, award winning techniques, with video and interviews uh, with the top people in the country uh, as uh, he held the position of, uh, I don't know what his title was, Director of Video Services, um, Broadcast Services for Keeneland of all places. So uh, no problem finding top subjects and top horses uh, to, to look at there. But GD also, you may not know this, is a a bit of a handicapper uh he and some uh, uh partners got in together on uh One of the early Breeders' Cup pick sixes, and they took that down for a slew of money uh, many years ago. And just recently, now that he's kind of retired from his broadcast services job, uh, he was a handicapper in the celebrity part of the National Handicapping Contest and uh, came in third. So he still knows how to sharpen a pen on a racing form. G.D. will be Our second guest, and we're going to go up to Saratoga, so uh, he won't be handicapping in his backyard this time. Uh, We got the grade two prioress for three-year-old fillies dashing six furlongs, and then we're going to stretch things out about as far as they go, and that is a mile and three-eighths on the inner turf. The Flower Bowl, one of two grade one races. That has been moved from Belmont Park to Saratoga, and uh, then from there, we'll parlay it into the Mile-and-a-Quarter Jockey Club Gold Cup. What a great grade one race. Again, contested at Belmont Park going back back to 1919, the second year it was won by a horse by the name of Manowar. Racing greats like War Admiral, Whirl Away, Citation, moving it up. Kelso won it four years in a row from 60 to 64 and uh, the cherished easy-goer won this race and Curlin, a two-time winner of the Jockey Club Gold Cup. We'll see who G.D. likes in that classic field, albeit a short one. Okay, if you ever needed easy win forms, it will be this week because we are going to uh, see the start of Kentucky Downs, a full field in just about every single race. The maiden races, Ken will correct me, but I think they're going for 125000 Maiden races, 125000 Heck, that was way more than a purse for graded stakes races back in the day. But I'm dating myself. Uh, recent winners from all over the place. How about Emerald Downs? We were really, We had three big hits at Emerald Downs. I'll give you the one in the middle. Uh, a 50-cent super high five that paid $1,373. Also uh, out there on the West Coast, the Golden Gate um, had a... One dollar super five, only a buck paid $792 and made a, a nice lick at Gulfstream just a couple of days ago. A 50 cent super five paid $5,300. Easy win forms, you're gonna need them if you are playing at Kentucky Downs this uh, upcoming days. Again, the uh. The days are limited at Kentucky Downs, so you got to get in while you can get the action. All right, that's a look at the lineup and how well we did last week. You know, was go to winningponies.com and check out the success of the easy win forms that we give you out each week. Well, oh boy, you know you, you hear so much about <clears throat> things happening to horses, uh, and these. You know, a lot of times we highlight the horses going through the sales ring. And I'm sure a couple of years ago I was talking about a uh, $8.2 million uh, yearling that went to uh, Mandy Pope's Whisper Hill Farm, eventually named America's Joy, put in training with Todd Pletcher, $8.2 million for a baby, and sad to say had an accident during training at Saratoga. And the Philly by triple crown winner, American Pharaoh, will never see competition and sadly, with her pedigree, cannot be saved as a broodmare. Think about this, a half-sister to Into Mischief. She's out of Broodmare of the Year, Leslie's Lady. Hmm, that's familiar. Also, the four-time champion, Beholder. Is out of Leslie's Lady, unbelievable. How about Mendelssohn uh, by Scat Daddy out of Leslie's Lady, who sold for three million? So again, sad to say, we will never see her at the races or as a broodmare. Well, had some great races last week. One that may have slipped through the cracks because it wasn't a graded race was uh, Medina Spirit, who matched strides. With none other than War of War of Wills, I don't think so. Uh, we are talking uh, about the uh, the winner of the Santa Anita Derby, who was one of the favorites in the uh, uh, in the in the Kentucky Derby, but the winner, or at least the horse that finished first, was. Uh, in the Derby was Medina spirit. And of course the other horse I'm talking about is rock your world. Yes. My failed pick for the Kentucky Derby who was slaughtered out of the gate, but it still turned into a really, really good race. But Medina spirit holds on. So, uh, got across first time under the wire. Now it looks like they may meet again, Uh, in Parks' Pennsylvania Derby. Uh, That's uh, most likely their uh, destination because there's a a million dollars on the line and it's a win and you're in for the Breeders' Cup Classic. All right, before I run out of time, got to get back to last week's races. My God, they were sensational. Stayed glued to the Saratoga card. Of course, headed up by the Run Happy Travers. And, folks, this horse is something else. Essential Quality is now eight for nine lifetime only race where it didn't hit the board was the Kentucky Derby, a troubled trip. Essential Quality, trained by Brad Gox ridden by Luis Sayez, who had to finish very, very strong. Midnight Bourbon and Ricardo Santana Jr. set all the pace, really slowed the pace down, and looked awful dangerous into the stretch, turned into a two-horse stretch race, and getting up by a long neck, let's say, was the Son of Tappet Essential Quality wow they really ran fast the the last time after slowing it down the uh 23 second final quarter of a mile so it was essential quality and midnight bourbon uh Ed and Dan Illman, Ed Meyer and Dan Illman's long shot, Miles D, got up for the third spot. So, essential quality, the real deal, ladies and gentlemen, knows where the finish line is. And another one that knows where it is, Jackie's Warrior, the Alan Jerkins at seven furlongs. What a great two-horse finish. It was life is good. Yes, the previously undefeated life is good got out and set the lead with Mike Smith, kinda likes to race towards the outside of the track. Actually, you know, led in the race, let Jackie's warrior go by before was really being roused by Mike Smith. And it really was a top effort after a layoff, but staying Towards the inside, staying on the rail, a great ride by Joel Rosario. Jackie's Warrior, should they not retire him to stud service next year? Watch out when he shows up for Saratoga. Four lifetime starts, four victories. Jackie's Warrior, trained by Steve Asmussen, the best sprinter in the land, hands down. All right, Breeders' Cup winning, you're in. The personal ensign. Another great finishing here. It was Latruska, still being whispered about potential horse of the year. Held on under Ired Ortiz. Was on the lead most of the uh, race. Kind of let, would let horses come to her and drop and move away. Let horses come, move away. And then in the final furlong, the cavalry was coming, but I read Ortiz and Latruska held on. Five-year-old, perfect as far as maturity is concerned. A hard-fought victory. Latruska, another win. It was fantastic. Hard to take away anything from the long shot. 23-1, to picked by Ed Meyer. Bonnie South got up for that second spot. In third was Royal Flag again. The personal ensign, Latruska. Man, nothing but fantastic performances at Saratoga on Saturday. And then we got to see the four go at seven furlongs. What a race. They'll be talking about this one for years. We've all seen it where a horse will go by and uh, or a horse will be charging and all of a sudden will shall we say take a bite out of the competition, actually reach over and what they call savage another horse? Well this was unbelievable. Ference fire, he was the culprit, and on the lead was Yao Pan, who was very, very tough and crossed the, the line in front despite being bitten or nearly bitten, I counted on the head on seven times. Seven times, Forensic Fire moved right up to Yao Pan, and all of a sudden, it was like he was pissed that he that he was in second and. He, he, he turned his head and uh, Jose Ortiz did everything he could do to stop him at, at one time actually pulled the horse's bridle and would tried to take it off it was amazing this went on for about I don't know 40-50 yards uh, finally Ortiz got him straightened away and by that time it was too late Yaupon won the race deservedly so son of Uncle Mo it was very game uh, hats off to Ricardo Santana who after the the wire high five jose ortiz is at least to say look i know it wasn't your fault you did everything you could to keep that horse off my horse's neck but i got the win so all is well right now so what a race again it was yaupon who i believe it's just been announced he's gonna be another one retired to spend thrift farm all right can't uh forget the, the last two uh goofo Ed's long shot in here. Got the job done. Got to keep those blinkers on, Christopher Clement. Likes the blink second time and a now grade one stakes winner. Breeders' Cup winning your end, going long on the grass. And let us not forget the ballerina tiptoeing to the winner's circle, none other than Gamine. This million-dollar baby is now nine for ten lifetime, and the third-place finish that was disqualified from was a bad test in the Kentucky Oaks. Seven furlongs, Gamine shipping in from the west coast. Johnny V up for the ride, who's become this horse's regular rider since last year when they took the Acorn by a smashing 18 and a half lengths. So. Uh, Gamine, look for her at the shorter distances to continue. So, uh, it it was just an amazing, uh, day of racing at Saratoga. And let me tell you, the fans are watching folks because Saratoga has already set an all time handle. With five days still left (laughs) this year. Uh, Just unbelievable. It was after Wednesday's card, the 35th of 40 days. uh, An all time sources handle record of 705 million was set in 2019. After Wednesday, it was up to 709,000. And we are counting. Don't say this sport is dead, it's not, ladies and gentlemen. Five days left. Who knows what the numbers will be up there at the spa. And uh, it's been fun, Saratoga, watching uh, some, uh, well, Chad Brown, of course, back on top. Steve Asmussen, what a meet he's had, including becoming the all-time winningest trainer. And he could go out to a big winner over the weekend. Uh, Let's watch Max Player in the... Uh, the uh, Jackie Club Gold Cup, again, a race that's going to be moved from Belmont to Saratoga for the first time. So anyhow, that's as much news as we could get in with the time allotted. Reminder, it is Labor Day weekend, so there's going to be great racing. Pretty much Friday through Monday, check a racing form near you. All right, that's a look at all we can look at right now because I'm looking forward to welcoming Ken Kirchner to the show. He'll be up with us here after a quick break. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies.
2: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. All the time. The the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. BUSR brings
0: you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for Winning Ponies listeners. Enter promo code ponies P-O-N-I-E-S when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code ponies P-O-N-I-E-S at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Bet with confidence, bet with B-U-S-R. You're tuned in to winning ponies with your host John Inglehart, Racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show, Winning Ponies with John Inglehart.
1: And as I told you at the top of the show, our first guest, Ken Kirchner, a man that I met over 25 years ago. We'll leave it at that. Okay, Ken. Uh, but right now, <laughs> he's uh, he's serving as the Kentucky Downs Director of Wagering Development. Now, that sounds like an uppity title, and but he didn't get that title because he's somebody's cousin in Kentucky. Uh, he got that well-deserved. When I first met him, he was the Executive Director of the Pennsylvania Racing Commission, but uh, where most of you may have heard or know him uh, is through all of the, the work that he did with the Breeders' Cup for uh, just about a decade from 96 to 2015. Uh, after that, he picked up with the, uh, with the Daily Racing Form, And now he's down at North America's most unique boutique meet, Kentucky Downs. Ken Kirchner, welcome to the show.
3: Well, glad to be on, John. Glad to hear your voice. Everything's good. And actually, I want to say, it was. Um, I think one when I was running the racing commission back in Pennsylvania. Now it's almost thirty years. Golly, um, I know that's what I didn't want to say. It was one of the Ohio horse breeder dinners that yes. you were representing there, and um, I believe Cliff Nelson was the executive director. Norm Barron was chairman of the commission back in the day, but uh, it was, it was a good time. But, and then uh, all those years at River Down, so we've had, uh, we've had some good times, John. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, back then, you were uh,
1: hand holding us through the process to get simulcast wagering. Think of that. There, there's people listening to the show that <laughs> that grew, grew up only knowing simulcast wagering, um, right. but but then you know, it, as the, as people started to be able to bet on and see other cards from across the country, again now it's a daily occurrence. But back then it was really kind of neat. Um, but w- what have you seen as as far as can uh, both the evolution of simulcasting and then going hand in hand, uh, the evolution of handicapping contests?
3: Okay, well, that's a, that's going to take a while, John. I hope I know, you got I time. You, d-
1: you <laughs> zipped your water. You're good for a couple <laughs> minutes now.
3: All right. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's funny to have seen the evolution of simulcasting because, as you say, many of the horse fans remember what it was like when there was no simulcasting or you had to go only to the track. And then you were able to do some simulcasting. And I actually remember making bets on some California races that were separate pools in Pennsylvania, so you could get a separate pool price instead of being commingled with the host track. And sometimes there'd be a horse at 5 to 1, but he might be 25 to 1 in the separate pool. And you were able to grab it, and every once in yes. a while it paid off. But over the years, um, you know, starting in the 90s, um, when I was with the commission and then with Breeders' Cup, you know, it slowly began to involve with full-card simulcasting, and then it was – you know well initially in the 80s it was only stakes races then it moved to pool cards and it was maybe one pool card or two pool cards now of course you go to the track and you've got 25 or 30 different tracks to bet on during the course of a day so there's a race you know any any time you want to go bet one there's it's available so the evolution has certainly been you know it's it's shocking that You know, it really didn't take that long because when you got to the early 2000s, it was half a dozen, dozen tracks at everywhere, and it soon just evolved into um, you know more, more or less a smorgasbord of wagering opportunities for the horse player.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I was here one night, uh, of course, c- during the COVID uh, isolation period, uh, it was a lifesaver because outside of uh, Korean baseball, we were the only sport that you could <laughs> get on television. And all of a sudden, I caught myself betting harness horses in Denmark one night. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you don't know anything about that. Ah, you're having fun. A couple of bucks on some
3: of- <laughs> hey, Nothing wrong with the triple trio in Hong kong either john ah of course <laughs> yes
1: one of my favorites one of my favorites there Now we go let's move on to contests all of a sudden the contest used to be me and you with the track going head to head and now uh you know certain things like horse tourneys i'm not playing favorites here but i'm just saying that they literally have a contest every day and um, on, on, on oh, different right. levels, mm-hmm. so you, you get in for five them. Bucks, and you get them. in for five grand. It's so so walk us through how it kind of started, what bumps in the road there were and then how you found out which ones were the most popular and per, perhaps they're popular because they come in at different levels and they're popular according to your pocketbook.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, you know, fortunately, I learned my way into this business by being a a player and and betting on the horses. So from that standpoint, you always have that horse player advantage or that viewpoint that you're taking to everything that happens. And so you're looking at racing, but you're really trying to figure out how can I make money today? And so it's that perspective that I've always brought to it. And, you know, when I was with the racing commission back in the, uh, early 90s, Penn National, actually in the 80s, uh, Penn National was running the World Series of Handicapping, which at that time was one of the biggest horse yeah. race handicapping tournaments in the country. Um, and then, of course, there were also individual tournaments in uh, Reno and Vegas. Uh, not that many, but there were some, and I would travel to those and play in those. So that wet the appetite during that time frame. So that by the time I started working with the NTRA in 1997, 98, 99, um, and the idea came up that Steve Chris actually proposed, why isn't there a national handicapping championship? And, you know, we at the NTRA at that point were in its infancy, and a group of us put together a plan to create then that national handicapping championship. And over the years, of course, that the first year was 99, and it moved on each year over that, and I managed that for the first seven, eight years of efforts. And we slowly grew it from a $150,000 prize pool in the first year up to, you know, probably uh, it's now over $3 million. So it's it's geared towards the players. It was meant to be an opportunity that... Contracts around the country, whether it was River Downs or Saratoga or, you know, Philly Park, that they could offer a handicapping tournament and thereby have players qualify into this national championship. And it evolved over the years into what it is now, which is certainly one of the most successful handicapping contests in the world. Um, So from that standpoint, you know, we had a part in that, and it was a lot of fun. And during the course of the, uh, probably around 2006, I was still running Breeders' Cup uh, wagering and NTRA. And there was an idea. We had, why don't we just start an online contest site? Well, (laughs) in the long history of these things, you get attorneys involved, and they like to say no to a lot of things. So at one point back in 2006, we actually wanted to own it. From the NTRA perspective, the attorneys all said no to the deal, and we ended up working with Mike Weiss up Beulah Park, and they created what was then NHCqualify.com. And so, from that standpoint, we had the first online qualifying site that evolved over the years into what's now Horseplayers.com, And, um, you know, so there's an evolution to these contests. And of course the breeders cup betting challenge that we started in 2009 is of course the biggest lied money contest in the world. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so much fun to be a horse player these days because you have so many opportunities to play in these kinds of contests.
1: Well, uh, talk about opportunities, uh, whether you're betting win play show or getting into a contest coming up, Uh, This week, uh, starting uh, Sunday, then Labor Day, And write these dates down, ladies and gentlemen, September 8th and 9th. And then back to the 11th, 12th, we're going to Kentucky Downs where, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, all all the fields are full. All the jockeys are great. All the children are smart. All the women are beautiful. I mean, it's just uh, Kentucky Downs is just a great place. But, man, for players, Ken, it is uh, just a fertile
3: playground absolutely and you know tying that back into the contest fold you know we have three separate contests as part of the six-day Kentucky Downs meet and we will crown the national turf champion because of course all the turf racing is um, conducted that week so the first two days the 5th and 6th of September. There's a six hundred dollar buy-in, three hundred towards entry fee, three hundred your betting bankroll over the two-day period. The winner of that is going to receive NHC qualify seats, et cetera. There's multiple depending on the number of entries as to how many will be awarded. The eighth and ninth of September, the Wednesday and Thursday, there's a second contest. That's an eight hundred dollar buy-in contest. Again, live bankroll. Contest awarding NHC seats and BCBC seat, And then the 11th and 12th is the big contest at $1,200. And again, that's going to be a two day cumulative total live bank roll. Most all the exotic bets, in, you know, win, play, show, exacta, trifecta, and uh, doubles are included. So there's a great opportunity for horse players over the six day Kentucky Downs meet to participate in these kind of contests, to be crowned national turf champion, to win NHC seats into the $3 million tournament, into the Breeders' Cup betting challenge, and win a $10,000 entry fee. So there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of uh, fun to be had at Kentucky Downs during this uh, very short and abbreviated six-day meet, but nonetheless it is packed full of action.
1: Well, my my, my listeners are, are are sick of hearing me say the beginning. Well, now it's in in the middle of every uh, July that. They got to put Saratoga on their bucket list. And now they get to hear my mantra again uh, leading up to Labor Day weekend. You've got to go to Kentucky Downs. Now, it's it's in, Franklin, Kentucky, which if you know where Nashville is, just, you know, get in a cab and head north for 30 minutes. And you're right <laughs> over the border. It used to be called the Dueling Grounds because Dueling was illegal in Tennessee, but it was legal in Kentucky. So guys used to go up there and shoot each other on your turf course. And <laughs> true story, true story. <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't happen anymore. anymore I, the last time I was there, I wanted to shoot myself <laughs> after the races, but that's another story. Um, but anyhow, i am just giving people a perspective of you know where they go. There's a hotel availability. If you want to make a side trip to little old Nashville, that's not hard. So uh, it's easy to get to. It's literally about 300 yards off the exit of the highway. You can see it in the background, half the races. And uh, just a marvelous place. We've said it time and time again. It's like uh, the Arc de Triomphe meets the county fair. And it's everything you want is there at (laughs) Kentucky Downs. And Ken, you're in there, you've set a great wagering format, uh, you know, but uh, let's face it, you're kind of a made man walking into that position with the greatest horses, horsemen, uh, and turf racing in the country.
3: Well, it's a great, uh, great opportunity to be around so many great horses, horsemen, jockeys. I mean, that's the beauty of this kind of meet. I'm trying to get through Sunday's card, and there's over 140 horses entered in the 11 races. So I'm only partway through it. You know, there's there's one horse I do love on Sunday uh, in sure. the seventh race. It's an allowance race. It's called Street of Dreams, Uh four-year-old filly with uh, Ian Wilkes. I just love this horse. At 12 to 1, the morning line, but uh, we'll see how she does. But, you know, that's the beauty of Kentucky Downs is that the fields are so full And there's so many betting opportunities, and now I've got to figure out, now that I have this price horse that I really like, what pools am I betting the horse in? Am I going after the pick threes, pick four, pick fives? You know, and the pick fives at Kentucky Downs last year averaged $23,000. You know the pick um, fours average thirty three hundred dollars, so there's a yeah. great opportunity for us horse players to look at these fields, and because you get horses coming from New York and from the Kentucky circuit, some up from the Florida circuit and some from the West Coast, and the top jockeys are all there, and you have an opportunity to, you know, it's it's like Breeders' Cup in some ways, uh, at the country at the county fair, so Again, it's a lot of fun. Been- it's, it's be been great
1: catching up with you. My producers uh, pointing at me. I won't tell you with with what finger, uh, telling me I got to get out because it's <laughs> commercial time here. Ken Kirschner, been fantastic catching up with you. If my schedule opens and I'm down there, you might see my nose pressed up against your office window. Okay?
3: <laughs> let let me let me know. We'll make arrangements. I'll look forward to seeing you. And tell your next guest, GD, I send my best.
1: I sure will, Ken. All right, Ken Kirchner, who's now down, setting your wagering format at Kentucky Downs. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to find out, is there life after Keeneland? With G.D. Hieronymus, you're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station.
2: Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments?
1: Wedding Ponies with
0: John Inglehart.
1: You know, one of the most wonderful things about life is if you live long enough, you get to know a lot of people. And in the world of thoroughbred racing, I have been blessed in that I've got to meet many, many great people and eventually get to call them friends. People like Ken Kirchner and people like our next guest, for uh, so many years, we cross paths almost on a daily basis when Keeneland was racing uh, live, and that's G.D. Hieronymus who was the uh, longtime director of broadcast services. I don't know how many awards they won for all the innovative things that GD and his crew came up with as far as presenting the Keeneland product uh, to people out there watching. They were always like one step ahead of the curve. So he stayed busy. He didn't just show up, punch his time card, and go home. This guy, one of the most creative guys in the world of thoroughbred racing and its presentation and also a damn good handicap. G.D. Hieronymus, how the heck are you?
4: I don't know that I can live up to all that now. That that was quite the opening there. Are we going to have enough time for the show after all that?
1: Uh, <laughs> hey, I don't have to polish your apple for free seats or anything. You can't help me anymore. So, you know, it comes from the heart. No, it's GD.
4: great to be on. It's great to be on, John, and I appreciate the call earlier this week. Uh, I know it's been a while since I've been on your program and uh, always enjoy it. And yes, I did enjoy your last uh, segment there with Kenny Kirkner, a um, great friend as well from, uh, so many years at the Breeders Cup and now at, uh, Dueling Grounds. We call it Dueling Grounds. You know, that's all I know about. I was there opening day as well, uh, many, many moons ago when the, when the likes of Mike Shannon owned that track and we, we didn't know what we were walking into down there. You walk in, there's a grandstand at the top of the stretch. And you go, where's the finish line? <laughs> but and, it's a it great place and an m- amazing cart of horses, as we were talking there briefly. Uh, just to look, and I opened up those PPs for opening day. Good gosh. Uh, it will take a while to get through. But you know what? You're rewarded if you can find those horses that are going to perform there on that unique turf course. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a very brief meet. I'm hoping to go down on the 8th or 9th, in the middle of the week. I can't make it on either one of the weekends, but uh, I'm, I am certainly have it on my calendar every year and try to get down there.
1: And it looks like they're going to get a good string of weather, so knock wood uh, that, that that's going to happen. But I don't have the graph in front of me, but I think the favorite at Kentucky Downs pays something like 840 I
4: mean, oh, that that's, that's not surprising. <laughs> that's not surprising at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you just have so many options. It's fantastic. And and for those of you that have never listened before or researched it, it's kind of – imagine if you took a pear and laid it down on its side with, with the right side being the top of the pear. It's a little bit of a tight. That's a very tight turn. And then it kind of blossoms on the left side. And yep. it actually is uh, – it goes downhill there. You almost lose yep. it a little bit. And then – they hit what I have to call the never-ending stretch. It is so big that it takes—and you're familiar with this—it takes two pan cameras to follow the stretch run, so it looks decent. Because when they turn for home, they're they're practically half mile away from you, GD.
4: Still half mile away. Plus, they're coming uphill. You know, it's like a it's like a cross country uh, event. You know, where you've been you've been running for a while, and next thing you know, you see the finish line. But holy Toledo, you got to run uphill to get there. So it really puts a test to the to those horses, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Just a fun race, mate, great, and great place.
1: Well, we're going to get to some Saratoga races because you're going to put your handicapping hat on that you get to wear a little bit more. And I, I did, did have a question. I don't know if you could tell tales out of school. All those years you were working at Keeneland, were you able to maybe slide a bed or have your wife slide a bet in for you on some horses that you got to like?
4: Uh, oh, there's no mistake about that. No, I mean for years. And actually, truth be told, I played more before I got to Keeneland in 1999, 2000. Um, I played before. I played more before that when I got there. It's kind of like living at the ocean, you know, and you got the beach in your backyard, and you don't go out there, you know. So now I have a racing form on the corner of my desk every day. I got a simulcast TV. I can't turn that on. I'd be broke, and I wouldn't get my job done. So. <laughs> But nonetheless, during those, during those, uh, Keeneland meets, which, which are so special, as you know, um, I did have, and I still do have a radio show, uh, in Lexington every weeknight where I, 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 uh, talk about the upcoming card each day, uh, only very brief race, uh, race, uh, brief program. But I try to give, uh, you know, doubles and pick threes and pick fours on Friday for Thursday night and into Friday and Friday night and into Saturday. So, and uh I've actually had some good luck and, and given out a few nice horses. So, yes, I handicap, and yes, I still play. Um, I didn't get a chance to play any today, but uh, I'm a weekend kind of player and uh, and love these great cards at Saratoga, it's getting ready to close down, as well as uh, uh, Del Mar. So, anyway, it's great. The Kentucky Downs and Churchill's kicking in, and uh, then before we know it, we'll be racing at Keeneland.
1: All right, now do you go back and like hide in the grandstand and watch what's going on now, or what do you do now that you're not running around like a chicken with his head cut off?
4: Oh, I'm still running around like that chicken. Uh, Keeneland kept me on for two more years uh, as a uh, under contract, so I'm a consultant for them, and I'm there for uh, the big race days, big stakes days, uh, sales, special events. Um, I just recently uh, came back from Saratoga for the Hall of Fame. I've been producing that show for, gosh, 12, 14 years, and I'm still doing that, and Philip will be taking over, Philip Richardson will be taking over that. Uh, but that's, I want, that's something I want to talk about that, you know, the, with Saratoga is closing, but year round, you can, if you get up to Albany, fly into Albany, or drive up to, to Saratoga Springs, don't, um always leave that, you know, one destination you want is that uh, visit to the National Museum of Racing and Hall of Fame. We just completed a new uh, a, a multimedia show in the Hall of Fame uh, uh, gallery, and it's it's phenomenal. A great film, uh, not unlike the Kentucky Derby film in the in the uh, at the Derby Museum in Louisville. Uh, Donna Lawrence Productions. We hired her to come in, uh, the same producer for that. So try to put that on your list when you get out to Saratoga. But again, you know, besides that, uh, Kings keeps, keeps me pretty busy. Things like Eclipse Awards, Hall of Fame. And those special shows. So I've still got a little more time with them, but uh, I, it, it doesn't stop me from keeping my Keeneland Select account open and making those plays.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, I, I told people too. Uh, you just finished, uh, I think, third in the National Handicapping Contest uh, Celebrity uh, Division. So it's nice to be considered a celeb now, G.D. <laughs> yeah, but that so was kind c- of fun. That was kind of fun. So you know how to handicap, and so I said, well, let's go to, like, closing, you know, weekend up at Saratoga, and like you said, you pulled the entries down. They were a little light, because uh, let's face it, last weekend was just so spectacular, and we could go on about that for the no, whole but. show, but so let's get up there and get our teeth into a couple races. Again, short fields, but some sensational horses. Uh, the prioress is is a grade three. This is for three-year-old fillies. It's a six-furlong dash, and I would say... Of the, the three races, this one might give you a few more handicapping options other than the obvious.
4: Well, you know, you get into those six horses, and the first thing that you want to do is try to eliminate, you know. And I, I think we've talked about this before. You get in and say, all right, who really qualifies? Who is running in graded stakes company? Who is Who has got a few wins under this class level, under their belt? And this when this grade two race is... You know, you've got a couple of graded grade three performers in there and a couple that have been in grade two stakes and, and you got super sensational coming out of a grade one. So um I just don't have anybody to eliminate out of here. I really feel like you're gonna have some speed on the on the first and second hole. Uh Oksana and Edie Money, any meeny miny mo out of uh coming out of California. I'm sorry, not California, but um coming out of Monmouth, uh Pemico and Monmouth gonna be your speed in there, so um, I feel like it's going to set up nicely for a couple of stalkers. We'll see how that, how the track's playing tomorrow. You know, is a big key. You want to, you want to look at that and this weather that's gotten through there, it's going to have changed everything. I didn't get the chance to watch today. They were off the turf today, uh, but I want to watch tomorrow and kind of get an idea of what's going on with the track. But, I really feel like you know the standout in there is that super sensational Mark Cassie's horse. He's uh, got a nice work on the 25th of August. Cause it's going to be kind of that stalking type horse. Was 13 to one, run second in the Grade One test at seven furlongs. Coming back down to six, and actually this horse has only run,
1: has not run at six furlongs before. I know. Uh, I've every, got this. Every other horse in, the, yeah. A three-year-old filly that's never run six furlongs—that's really. I crazy. know. But, it's run a little yeah. bit longer, you know, and has right. always, uh, you know, and like you said, a, a good way of looking at things is all right. Uh, who's been to the dance before? And let's face it, Super Sensational uh, has been facing much greater competition over her uh, uh, eight race career than any of the other ones in here. I I, I don't think there's any question that the one Oxana uh, breaking from the rail will be play and catch me if you can. This horse can go 44 and change in its stall. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. she's unbelievable, but she's kind of an unknown quantity. She's coming in from Monmouth and Parks, but let's face it, last two races were double-digit wins, including uh, breaking her maiden by 18, but coming right back in solid allowance company and winning by 10 and a quarter. Changed to a nice little rider by the name of Irad Ortiz. It'll be interesting. Victor Espinosa comes in to ride that other speed horse you mentioned, uh, Edie Meanie Miney Mo, uh, who will try blinkers on for the first time after for a second, yeah, that's uh, gonna sharpen
4: it, that. It's gonna sharpen her up. You're right.
1: It, and I think a, a mystery horse in here, GD. You go down to the five horse, uh, Brad Cox, trainee, danger, danger, Will Rogers, uh, Amendment 19. Who, oddly enough, a constitution purchased for twenty thousand dollars by Judmont Farm. I've never seen such a thing,
4: right? Right, it's got to be uh, coming out of that um, uh, November 18 sale as a weanling. Uh, saw something in there you never know where that uh, what day I, I don't know what day that horse came out of but and then the horse was given to Linda Rice up in New York and you just wonder uh, if in fact they've made that change to Linda Rice after the kind of the problems that she's had up there but uh, she's a great trainer and has been been running at Saratoga uh, but uh, you move on up to Brad Cox and of course. Uh, Jose has um has been on this horse a couple times interesting definitely interesting horse you got a Maryland bred a Louisiana bred you got two Kentucky breads, a Pennsylvania bred it's uh it's kind of an interesting mix of fillies in here
1: All right. Well, with your job, you know how tough it is with timelines. We got about two minutes each for the next two races. We won't have to talk about full fields because they're not. uh, But the Flower Bowl, one of the two grade ones that was always contested at Belmont, that's now being moved to Saratoga. And uh, we got an odds on favorite in here has only been defeated once in her life at Warlike Goddess. From the Bill Mott barn. We know he's patient and is coming off a solid win. The thing is, there's no speed in here at all. I'm looking at this field, GD, and they all like to come from off of it.
4: It's interesting that, uh, you know, you got uh, Peter Brandt has brought in a horse from France over here, okay? Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, ran at Italy last time. And you kind of, have got to figure out what ha- what's going on with this horse. If you look at, read the trip line, it says toward rear and the outer ran on well. And it's, and it ended, ended up first carrying 126 pounds in 11 horse field and a group three. Uh, but Peter Brandt's also got my sister Nat in here with Chad Brown. And so I'm wondering if, uh, if, if that might be a little bit of a, of a thing that American Bridge is going to just keep us at an honest pace. You know how bad. You know how much he loves to win those Grade One races, so you know, and I and I agree with your uh, Warlike Goddess assessment, and that's going to lead me to my sister Nat. You know, I, I really think that off of that Glens Falls, off of uh, coming off a mile and a half, second off a layoff, that uh, that this horse uh, might get the better uh, of Warlike Goddess this time. So I'm kind of leaning toward toward that horse, but you got. La Signiera with uh, Brendan Walsh and Brendan's had a tough meet up there at Saratoga, but this, this Billy is coming off, this marriage coming off of three grade ones herself. So, um, I'm, you know, I just, I just feel like it's kind of a, a, between them, uh, warlike goddess, um, and my sister Nat and maybe, um, maybe the one kind of coming up and getting a little piece of it at the end.
1: All right. Well, a lot of times the odds will decide which one of those we put on our ticket and we can play a later daily double moving into the 12th race, the jockey club. What a race. This has been run since 1919. I mentioned some of the winners, man, of war, whirl away, Kelso four times, Curlin twice, and now it's contested at Saratoga. It's uh, the classic distance of a mile and a quarter. And uh, yeah, Talk about the odds maker having a problem here. All right, at eight to five, Forza Dioro. At five to two, Max Player. At nine to five, Happy Saver. Good luck splitting those three.
4: No doubt, no doubt. And I, uh, I went back and I watched this last race with uh, Max and Mystic Guide and Happy Saver uh, running in that um, um, that suburban, a Grade Two suburban on a sloppy track. And Happy Saver ran a, ran a, a wide race that day. Then also went back and watched Ox finish second to Art Collector, uh, in a violent eighth um, stake, uh, Aladar stake at, um, at Saratoga. Um, but I, I really feel like I'm going to land on Happy Saver. I just feel like, um, that Todd, uh, Pletcher with the Worthheimer team, uh, Super Saver out of Happy Week at Distorted Humor Mare, um, I think is going to get the better of the, uh, uh, of those this time he kind of had a wide trip if you look at that race so i'm going to go four one five in there and i'm going to say that i think a max player had his race in the suburban um and i think you know if you look at his it, history i just think that uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go with those three and a max player could certainly be there but uh i'm gonna go four one five in the jockey club gold cup
1: all right well listen uh gd it's been great catching up with you i pray that our paths will cross soon wish you best of luck when you take that busman's holiday out of kentucky downs and i'll tell everybody i know you okay
4: <laughs> i always do the same uh with you john i appreciate the call and always uh look forward to, to being on your program uh just great for the game great for for all that follow and uh Appreciate your time and uh, call back. I look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: All right, and G.D. Hernandez will be talking to us soon because he's no longer busting his chops every day at Keeneland, so uh, I'm going to get him on more <laughs> as a guest handicapper because he knows how to do it. Thanks a million, G.D. want to thank everybody for listening, remind you about all the great racing. We've just put our toe in the water with those few races at Saratoga. Del Mar's got some really good races. How about the Del Mar Derby, a mile And an eighth, but it's going to be on the grass. But of course, we're going to be seeing the three year old boys there. We'll see who jumps up. I know a lot of people are liking that Doug O'Neill trained hockey dad, a son of Nyquist. All right. Thanks to Ken Kirchner. Thanks to GD Hieronymus. And most importantly, thanks to. Josh, my producer, and you for listening to us here at Winning Ponies. I want to remind you, with all this great racing and Kentucky Downs starting up, very boutique meat, you got to get it while you can. Pull down the easy win forms from winningponies.com. We not only give you a slew of winners, we give you some big prices, and they're out there to get this Labor Day weekend. All right, everybody, take the weekend off. Don't worry about labor. we got a whole day for that on Monday. I'm John Englehart. Thanks for listening